Welcome back to the Subtweets and Therapy Podcast, the podcast with no theme, only words. I'm Julian. And I'm Jared. This week, we had a more lighthearted and fun podcast planned, uh, but then reality happened uh, repeatedly, as it does. does. Uh, And so now, this week, we are going to be talking about the role of the media. Yay! Everyone's favorite topic. Because it's not at all confusing or entirely alarming. Awesome. Yeah, because the media is something that has been much aligned and obviously very controversial in the last four or so years. Yeah, yeah. Um, And to be totally transparent, I personally was not really aware of any sort of um, rumblings underneath the surface before four years ago. It's to me like everything that's happening with the media all of a sudden being uh, difficult, very, very difficult to trust um, or like difficult to like sift through and find someone that you can trust. Like it was very new for me four years ago. Um, And it's just like such an exhausting process and an exhausting thing because it feels like this huge issue that no one will ever really have a total handle on, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of media sources have made their bias pretty overt and clear. And I think that obviously makes it hard to just trust whatever they're saying. So you always have to go to multiple sources and it becomes like a whole exhausting process Mm -hmm. trying to verify stuff so you can form an opinion. And I think I need to take back what I said when I said that it started four ish years ago because I think it started. Well, I became aware of it. I don't know when it truly started because, you know, we're not. Uh, that seasoned yet to know to have seen enough media if you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. uh i'd say probably like eight ish years ago is when i started to be more aware of Mm. uh the way that they cover things with bias and stuff like that right right by the Uh, way i like the way you decided to uh call out people for being old calling them seasoned nice job there isn't seasoned just a better way to say it? You know what I mean? I mean, for people who enjoy seasonings, yeah. But what about our, our listeners who just like things to taste the way that they are with no other you're seasonings? You're old, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. So <laughs> if you don't like seasoning, just take old. So, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. You know what I'm saying? Let's not parse. Let's not eat this. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm not looking forward to getting old because I know that all these jokes that we make, they're just going to come full circle on us, man. Honestly, and this obviously has nothing to do with the media, but well, I mean, kind of. Uh, I saw a post on Twitter where they showed Drake and DJ Khaled's new music video talking about how he didn't want to do it. And people Mm -hmm. were like, wow, Drake wants to be an actor so bad, but he can low key do it. And I was like, I think I've reached that part of old. Mm -hmm. Kids start to realize don't realize that Drake was an actor before he was a rapper. Oh dear God! Oh no! Mm. <laughs> Each time something like that happens, I just get like more and more irritated with like younger people in general, which makes me even more old because like each of those like young people they don't understand why i'm upset with them but i can't yeah. fully explain to them it's because you're making me feel old by not knowing what things are <laughs> it's like the other day i was talking with jaden about myspace 
and how cool MySpace was back in the day and how, you know, MySpace was one of those mediums that actually taught you how to code because you wanted your profile to look cool. Right. And I was telling him about how, like, I coded mine so it had ballin' by Jim Jones playing when you got to the site and then money yeah. would fall from the, from the top banner. That. <laughs> and Jaden looked me dead in the eye and goes, bro, that sounds hella cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with such pride. Oh man! And he just sank my he whole just, ship. He just speared you right in the chest. And the funny right thing in is, the chest just when, you. when I made that profile, I was his age. I was fourteen. Yep. And it's crazy to think how different it is. He was looking at me like I was talking about something so incredibly foreign. Oh, my God, man. Oh, my God. The only sort of, like, solace that I can find in situations like this is that once he is our current age, he will look back on what he's doing right now as a 14-year-old and be like, oh, my God, why did I do that? Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, we got many of those moments. So, anyways, awkward transition to what we were actually supposed to be talking (laughs) about with this podcast. (laughs) Uh, this is the the role that media plays, I guess, in our uh, in our lives in general. Um, you and I have talked about this privately for years now. Uh, you know how I feel about how influential the media is, and I'm not just talking about like the news. I'm talking about TV shows and movies and music, uh, mm-hmm. and even video games. Um, the things that we see shape our perception of the world around us. Um, and that is especially true when it comes to people we are supposed to trust because they are professionals, because they are in the know, because they've developed relationships with people who are in the room where it happens, if you will. You know, like news yeah. anchors and journalists, reporters, um, you know, insiders, they have insiders. Like they have they have a process. They have an oath. They have a creed that they are supposed to follow. And we're supposed to give them our trust based off of that. Um, but obviously, especially over the past four years, um, things have just been way more difficult uh, in, in terms of actually being able to fully believe what someone says. And it's gotten to the point, at least for me, where you know, if I read something, I have to see that it's been reported by at least three or four other major news outlets before I fully believe that it's true. You know, I feel like I have to do my own verification of information instead of being able to believe the information being given to me by said professional. Yeah, yeah. It feels almost like we're sourcing for research papers back in high school with how much research you have to do to verify stories (sighs) on your own. Good comp. Um, Because you'll see one story and you'll be like, yo, is this true? And then... There's so many different conflicting reports and stuff, so you never really know until multiple, multiple media sources have said it that is true. Much like this whole uh, our president calling uh, soldiers who died in combat losers, right? So you yeah. see the first story, and you're like, okay, is this something that happened, or is this just a random statement? And it took, honestly, like, I didn't really believe it until I saw, I mean, I could obviously understand Mm. him doing it, but Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, this seems kind of wild, even for 
you know, because that the they love the military, right? We yeah. love, like America's pretty big on their military, so insulting the military like that isn't really something that you would think you're really doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so when I saw that Fox News of <laughs> people <laughs> corroborated the story, I was like, yo. <laughs> like this actually like this is this a real is thing. This is a real thing. Like he like, actually yo. said these things in quote unquote private to his aides. Um but yeah, like this this developing story uh is a great microcosm into what we've been dealing uh, with for the past four years in terms of our president says or does something controversial or some information about him saying or doing something controversial behind the scenes comes out, right? Uh, and then everyone goes through that weird period of like thinking to themselves, is it true? Is it not true? And then there are those of us who are like, even if it's not true, it doesn't seem like something that's outside of the realm of something that he would say or do based off of his previous actions, right? And then you get into the phase of him tweeting, saying, oh, you know, don't believe them. Believe me, it's all fake news. They're just trying to do this or blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then, you know, we repeat the process all over again because those who support him just believe what he has to say uh, over what, you know, reporters have to say. Um, and... Like it's it's the most mind numbing process for me, like it's the most mind numbing issue for me right now, because it feels like there have been some legitimately horrible and terrifying things that Donald Trump has been able to do or get away with that has been kind of swept under the rug because we don't like we, we we aren't giving enough focus and attention to one scandal at a time. Instead, we're just kind of like playing hot potato with the current scandal and not ever really settling on what actually happened because we don't want to go through the bull crap of dealing with people who are crying out fake news. Yeah. And I think that, I think that this all kind of started far before Trump's rise to power even happened. Mm -hmm. I, I remember specifically um, the rise of the tea party mm -hmm. around that time when People ran on the whole promise of just saying no when mm. they got to the government and how news media just ate that up, man. Mm -hmm. Like some people were obviously praising saying no to Obama and stuff. And, and that kind of changed the whole I think that started the whole landscape of where we are right now. Mm. You know, because I remember being a kid and hearing, you know, bridge the gap, bridge the gap, bridge the gap, bridge the gap. And now everyone's basically saying F the gap. Mm. You know, yeah. we're just going to stick to our hard opinions here yeah and like i'm gonna have to defer to you when it comes to like that perspective on it just because like i said i wasn't really like fully paying attention to the role that the media was playing in this regard uh until about four years ago um but i mean if that is you know really what like started everything in terms of like the public's lack of trust in the media right now, then that wouldn't make sense, you know, because like from my perspective, it seemed like a really precipitous drop came like almost out of nowhere, you know, and like now everyone is still kind of reeling, trying to figure out, you know, what is the best process in terms of determining correct information? Yeah. And I think so it was that. And then I think the rise of social media also plays like a really big 
mm. role in this because instead of people just buying a newspaper, right, mm-hmm. what became important was clicks. Mm-hmm. And so you get clicks by clickbaiting titles, thumbnails, things like that. Right. And so what happens is, I'm, and I'm sure everyone's noticed how you'll see a really misleading title. Mm-hmm. Right. That doesn't necessarily tell the story of the article. But then most people want TLDRs. They don't want to read the whole article. They're just looking at the title. Right. Right. And so they kind of completely disregard that saying of don't judge a book by its cover. And they're just doing that. And so they formulate opinions based upon titles, not necessarily content. Right. And so that has really helped in this spread of misinformation that you see on social media. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that, like, I feel like we should explore at least a, a good bit here, um, because I mean, you and I both know, uh, whenever we're on the internet, we're looking for information to ha- happen really quickly, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're looking for the highlights, we're looking for you know the synopsis, you know the the quick gist, like just let let me get the general gist of what happened here, and then I can formulate an opinion and 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 move on type of thing. Right. Um, and like when it comes to to what our government does, what our president says, uh, what our policing institutions do, protests, riots, like we cannot afford to have that short term mentality. Like mm-hmm. we we can't afford to just read the title or get the TLDR or, you know, talk to someone who talked to someone who talked to someone who happened to read the article and like form an entire opinion on it because now you just have a whole bunch of people out there who are partially informed, but mostly misinformed and they are forcing the conversation to get derailed into unproductive lanes. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think what happens is people see something that has been sensationalized on any news network, to be honest with you Mm -hmm. and don't, do the due diligence to make sure that that's necessarily true. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's how, if you've noticed lately, we have a lot of fear mongering Mm. happening and I'm not going to say which network it's on because I'm not trying to blast networks or people, even though you really could, but you see people saying, Oh, the streets are burning. You get a yelling speech at a convention from a lady for what thirty minutes of Mm -hmm. her just yelling, just ranting and raving like a mad person. It just sounds like she drank eight cups of coffee and was like, yo, let's just do this. Yo, I got a lot of built up aggression to get out and this microphone is going to be my victim. And so you hear a lot of people yelling that the streets are burning. Are you safe? Are you safe? Are you going to be safe? And you see, you know, buildings on fire. They're like, yo, the protests are violent. These people are coming for your neighborhoods. We got to keep them out of your neighborhoods. And then people see that and they're like, yo, obviously this is bad. Because if you just saw people burning buildings and stuff, you'd be like, yo, that is bad. Right. But then you see the the um, article that you sent me, I believe. Who was it from? Uh, so it was from, I, I'm just going to read the acronym because I don't fully know how to pronounce this, uh, but ACLED, uh, data.com. Um, so just to, to piggyback off of, of what you were saying, um, with the struggles that the media is, is having right now in terms of like being able to properly, um, portray everything that's going on, especially with something as, um, <clears throat> Um, controversial as like protests or riots, uh, it's really easy to get lost in the minutia of 
hey, there's violent protesters everywhere and the streets are on fire and blah, 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 blah. So I found this article uh, from ACLEDData.com that do, does a like a very deep dive to see like what are the percentages, what are the actual uh, statistics to see how many of these protests were um, violent from the get-go, how many of them turned violent, why they turned violent, um, and then how you know all of that story was portrayed in the media. Uh, and it's a very good article, very good website to go to if you are a numbers person and you kind of want to see things broken down a bit more. Um, it's just it's a it's a super long read just <laughs> as like a, a forewarning. <laughs> it, is. it is a it is a very long read. Um, but the information is great. It's balanced. It, it's it's neutral uh, and it's just purely the numbers uh, showing, you know, how many protests happened uh, in comparison from 2019 to this year what those protests were about, um, how many of those, those protests started off as peaceful, uh, and then re- reports came out that they became violent, how many, how many of them started off as violent, um, how many of them started off as violent because there were some state aggressors, you know, in the midst of the protest trying to incite violence. Like, it's a very deep dive. Um, and you definitely should check it out. I'll post yeah. the link in the show notes. Yeah, uh, but I think... Right now, we're at a place where because you have clickbaiting media, because you have media that is trying to sensationalize certain things like violence, uh, and because you have two warring factions of people who are pro-Trump or anti-Trump trying to get as much ammunition as possible against each other to just lobby at each other, we need more information like this article. You know, and we need more journalists corroborating information and verifying information, I think, with each other um, to help kind of <laughs> narrow the focus, you know, and actually like help us to remain on task with what we should really be talking about, you know? Yeah, I think the other thing, too, that kind of goes back to what we we're talking about in terms of social media and how everything moves so fast is that we need media who... I mean, obviously, we report stories, right? Right. But we need media that stays focused on things that are larger issues Mm. rather than, oh, you know, this happened one day. Oh, oh, something else happened. Let's forget about this story and keep moving. Right. Which I don't know if that's ever going to happen, you know, because like at at the end of the day, like the news is a business. And in order for people to, you know, maintain interest, you have to keep up with what's going on on a day to day basis. Right. But my thing is, is that I think right now there's been too much too much of a shift away from being neutral and fair and balanced and just like reporting the facts, reporting the information and letting people do with it what they want to do with it. And it has become like this general consensus of kind of skewing the information that they're giving you, skewing the footage that you see, skewing the numbers that you see to fit a particular bend in their viewership, you know? Um, And like that is problematic, problematic for me Um, as a major institution that the public relies on for us to know what's going on in terms of our government, um, in terms of our country finances, in terms of our country health, like we need to be able to depend on you guys to be, I don't know what I, I'm struggling to find the right word, but to, to not 
be so easily swayed one way or the yeah, other. If that basically just keep it straight with us. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I think I think what's happened is with the advent of the talking head, what we're getting is more opinions than mm-hmm. we are just straight up journalism. I remember when I was a kid and my mom would always be watching the news and I'd be like, you, are you watching this? And she's like, it's important to know what's going on. Right. And, and so I feel like we kind of shifted from more of, I mean, yeah, we still kind of know what's going on, but we shifted from straight telling us from what's going on to what this one person thinks about things. Right. Like we get, you know? we get a, a portion of what's going on and then that talking head gets, you know, 40 minutes to just kind of lambast us with their opinion of this, that, or the other, or, you know, we have multiple talking heads, which that's even more unproductive because it turns into a high school debate with no mediator, you know, like just people. Or the mediators just getting run over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people are just like throwing things back and forth and it's just barbs and it turns into an insult war versus an actual investigation of the truth. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't really know how you change that because I I think I don't know how many people would say they recognize how much power the media truly has in terms of shaping opinions and stuff like that. Yeah. But I do think that's something that should be impressed upon. Yeah. Now, my biggest example would be and this isn't even like really big news. Remember ESPN early 2000s, how anti marijuana they were? Yes. And then just randomly out of the blue, they kind of switched. But now you have a whole subset of people whose opinion has already been formed regarding that. Yep. Just due to watching what they did on ESPN. So you see one player tested positive for marijuana and all of a sudden they're the worst person in the world. Yep. Yep. I remember growing up as a kid whenever I heard that this player or that player was suspended for smoking weed. Like my opinion, yeah, man, Ricky, (laughs) Uh, good Lord. Um, My opinion of them like would completely switch, like almost instantaneously. I I would be a fan of them. And then I wasn't a fan of them because they smoked weed. You know, like I thought that weed was like a much bigger problem and a much bigger issue and like this horrible thing because of the way my perspective was shaped by ESPN. Um, and that's just, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know how we fix it. You know, I don't know how we call the media out on it, um, because it's such a convoluted thing, you know, like the, the media is definitely playing a, a major role in, in terms of the way information is being put out there, not exactly being professional fully or not exactly being presented in a, uh, unbiased manner fully uh but also there's also the the social media aspect of it you know like there's there's people out there who are taking information that's being reported and then they're twisting it but they're presenting themselves as reporters online you know like there's there's a lot of minutiae and just a lot of like gray area with this i don't really know how do you like grapple with this problem and actually fix it one of the biggest problems that adds to the problem is that everyone kind of races to be first mm, yeah. instead of necessarily completely factual. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, obviously you can't really slow down, but I think we have to find ways to be more thorough in the information that's given. And mm. I, th- it really just comes down to a personal responsibility thing in this aspect. Mm. I mean, media obviously has a responsibility to be, truthful and diligent 
in their reporting. But it also comes down to, you know, multiple sources, you know? Yeah. Like we have to do the, especially on something as important as voting and stuff. I don't think you can really take stuff like that very lightly and just be like, yo, I read this one place. So because I read this one place, I know everything. Right. Because everybody's got their biases. Right. I have my biases. You have your biases. Our parents have our biases. Our neighbors have their biases. The person at McDonald's have their biases. And so I think we have to recognize that and try to read upon both sides. You know, you can't just be the, the vegans versus the meat eaters and (laughs) try not to, you know, just be like, yo, meat is murder. That's it, my man. So we're not going to see your side at all. You know? Right. No, I agree. Um, And I think if we want to take it a step further in terms of like personal responsibility, but I think maybe perhaps one way that we can, start to affect how the media is handling their side of this is if we as the public begin to expect more of them. Um, If if we learn how to question what information is being put out there uh, and why it's being put out there in this manner, if we're able to demonstrate that as a readership, uh, you know, we expect them to maintain a higher standard uh, in terms of how they give us all of this stuff, then I definitely think that that could help to like start to to change things and turn things around a bit. Um, but obviously, that's going to take a long time, you know. Yeah, that's that's going to take a long time because yeah. that and that that also means that like our, our public has to like somehow come to a majority <laughs> on this mm-hmm. topic. And Which, good yeah, lord, that ain't never gonna happen, bro. So, good lord. <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess for now, uh, in the foreseeable future, we really just need to like personally work on our own abilities to do what you're saying, which is be more diligent and make sure that do we're getting research. information from multiple sources, multiple places, um, you know, and see what lines up versus what doesn't line up. Um, I also think as reporters what they could do and i didn't really see this lately until the axios interview is i think we need to do a better job of holding people's feet to the fire in the moment not after the story's done you know like if someone says something that's just factually incorrect Mm -hmm. you should call them out on that right then and there not give them this whole platform to see a televised thing then write about how they lied right because most people write they're not going to watch the video, then read the article. They're just going to watch the video. Right. And so if you're not holding someone accountable, they're going to be like, why is everyone being so mean to him? Why are they being so mean to her? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think, uh, like, it may not be the best optically, but, you know, we need facts, yeah. not just we need wild truth. theories yeah, about we things. Truth. We don't need some whole conspiracy theory from 4chan spreading my gosh you know yeah so one thing that i think we might want to double back to here uh, in terms of our episode um with you you reminded me talking about 4chan uh and uh, then i started thinking about QAnon, and i started thinking about trump supporters and what trump is like currently doing um i know we kind of touched on it in the midst of talking about the media, but I do think we should kind of more specifically talk about this developing story of him calling um, fallen soldiers losers uh, and then 
backtracking and saying that he never said that, uh, then calling on his supporters to bombard the Atlantic uh, with negative reviews and comments and whatnot to try and force them to shut up type of thing. Um, I I don't... I don't really know how to attack this because, okay, when I first read the story that came out from the Atlantic about what Trump apparently said to his aides, in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't fully know if this is true, um, because if it is true, holy bleep, <laughs> like this is highly accusatory and incredibly inappropriate uh, yeah. And definitely grounds for him to like not even be close to winning the next uh, election type of information. Right. Um, but at the same time, because of who President Trump is and because it of wasn't actions, out of the realm of belief. Yes, it wasn't out <clears throat> outside of the realm of belief. And like that in and of itself, just that 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 understanding is still kind of blowing my mind because we're talking about our current president and we're talking about someone who has a strong chance to win the next presidency in, in any other era of our country at any other point in our history. If Barack Obama or George Bush or George W. Bush, if, if any of them had had even half of the scandals that Trump currently has. They would either be ousted or they wouldn't even run for president the next time around because they know that they wouldn't win. So it's just like it's infuriating that he's able to say and do these things and act in such an untrustworthy manner. And yet he still has so much sway, you know? Yeah, um, I don't even know what to say about it. Like for especially in a country where we pretty obviously almost worship the military, right? Mm -hmm. We have military flyovers in NFL games, tons of movies dedicated to the military, Mm -hmm. you know, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, all these kind of holidays celebrating. And to say that is just, it's just asinine. And it's not even the first time that he said something that's like unbelievably callous about this particular topic. Right. And the, and the issue is, aside from him saying that, obviously, is that we have some media outlets trying to downplay the severity of said statements, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to be like, yo, but what about this? And what about this? And oh, but that we, you know, we don't know if that's true, even when your own, your own media outlet is confirming that mm-hmm. he said that. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, we've kind of went from a let's just report the facts to kind of a hero worship kind of thing happening here. And it's really, it's really bizarre to be honest with you. That's the right word for it. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yo, I didn't call John McCain a loser. And everyone's like, yeah, he didn't do that. Why would he lie about that? But there's tweets, video videos. And the problem is now people are just, it's just a really weird hero worship mm. thing happening where people would just rather, you know, believe the lie that they're told straight to their face than, you know, and being objective to, and actually looking at what reality is. Yeah. Know? I think objectivity is kind of flown out the window. You know yes. What I mean? Yes. I can 100% agree with that. Cause I mean, listen, even if you are someone who voted for Trump and you would do it again, 
like beyond that, if you are someone who legitimately like loves our military, supports our troops, you know, is grateful and thankful for the sacrifices and the heroism and the courage that it takes to put on those uniforms and protect this country, you should be outraged to the point of frothing at the mouth. You should be, you should have been that upset when he made those comments about uh, John McClane, like, and, and all the different times that he has disrespected the various generals that have since left the administration that he's ripped afterwards. Like each time you should have been more and more and more and more upset. And there should be less and less and less belief in his statements about how much he cares about the military or how much, you know, he believes in, in heroism or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like his actions just don't match up with his retractions, you know, like his statements and his actions and his actions don't match up with his retractions at all. And I just don't understand like where the disconnect is coming from. You know, I don't understand why you guys are like continuing to just kind of accept the things that he's saying. It's just there's some weird hero worship is all I can really say to it. Yeah. Um. You know, promises were. I th- I don't know. I feel like everyone's just holding other people more accountable than they are the head of the snake. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens on both sides. To be honest with you. But yeah. I think this Agreed. is more. This is more overt than any time before. Like we have. You know, him earlier in the week saying, you know, in North Carolina, which, by the way, their uh, mail out mail in ballots have started to be mailed out to people's homes. Mm. But he's telling them to try to vote twice, which is a clear and obvious crime. And Mm. you can't do that. Mm. And so what will happen is, you know, some people who are just blindly loyal and just don't think will try it. And then later, when the election results are coming out. If it doesn't go his way, he's going to be like, well, you know, there was voter fraud, you know? Yeah. And then people will be like, well, he didn't say that. Why would he say that when we have clear and obvious footage? Documented uh, evidence. Documented evidence. saying that. Yeah. 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 Basically, what we're saying is if it quacks like a duck, (laughs) if it walks like a duck. Mm. It ain't a damn mongoose. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the evidence is too clear, man. Sometimes it's just a duck, you know? You know what I mean? Like, Sometimes you just got to call a duck a duck. Yeah, that's um, basically it. Oh and so God. what I'm saying here is don't try to vote twice. You'll go to jail. Please don't do that. Um, I think it's... It's fine to want to vote for someone, but you also have to hold them accountable at the same time. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for. I'm just saying we should at least be able to be objective and call people out on the carpet on both sides um, whenever they say or do something that's wrong. And that's that's like something that the media does and should play a major role in. Um, so make sure, you know, you're doing your, your due diligence, uh, in terms of the information that you are reading, uh, don't just take it and run, you know, make sure that you try to verify it and see if it's coming from multiple places that are respectable and trustworthy. And try to listen to both sides. I think it's important to, rather than just denigrate and ignore one side, 
Um, I think it's important to <clears throat> actually try to have a conversation with someone mm. respectfully, because I think for some reason we seem to have lost the ability to disagree and still function Agreed. as like friends and family and stuff like that. <clears throat> like it's completely fine to disagree. So like how we disagree about sports movies. Okay. And we're still yeah. friends. Yeah. And barbecue sauce. Barely. We're still friends. Barely. All right. Don't and bring up don't bring up the barbecue sauce, all right? It's, I, it's a tenuous just, time in our friendship right now. You know, I just think like it's fine to disagree, you know? Like how many times have you disagreed with your parents on something and you're still I mean you're not disowning your parents. No, no, I do not, yeah. Yeah. So I think you know, obviously, ask my mom. We disagreed a lot. <laughs> I'm not really someone who's, you know, I hear, why can't you just say yes all the time? And, yeah. you know, we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I feel like it's less you disagreeing with your mom and more you just antagonizing your mom because you find it enjoyable. But that yeah. that's neither yeah. here nor there. The overarching point that you're making is definitely valid. Um, <clears throat> we do need to be able to look at both sides we do need to be more fair and balanced uh and objective you know we do need to be able to discuss things and disagree um and be able to move forward just respecting each other as people you know Um, yeah especially because let's be real here both sides of the table have some really big flaws yep right yeah, because they're we, human, there's humans involved on both sides, so obviously each side is going to have some major flaws. Right, and if we just completely shut out one side, why are we going to try, like, no progress gets made here. Right. You know? Right. If we don't sit down and talk about things and try to understand someone's opinion, then nothing's going to get better. Right. And right now, this is an excellent time for all of us to start practicing that. Uh, And I personally, I think a good place to start practicing that. I mean, you can start with your families or your friends or, you know, small stuff like that. But if you're looking for something that's going to be a bit more of a challenge, but something that would definitely be worthwhile, uh, start with how you feel about riots and protesting um, and various voting issues Uh, And just see how, you know, your conversations play out from there. You know, find someone who you know is going to have a differing opinion from you on certain areas and aspects and just talk about it, you know? Um, Yeah. You can even use that that article uh, that I talked about earlier uh, just because it presents the information as is, you know, and then you can take it and do with it what you will. So, yeah, you know, like I'll show you a good example of this, Jared. Sports movies all in the same, and that's why they're bad. Okay. Uh, Julian, just because sports movies all in the same doesn't mean that they're all bad. There's still quality films being made that happen to center around sports. When was the last time a good sports movie was put out? You know, that's actually a good question. (laughs) But that's more of like me not going to the movies because, you know, COVID. I just think, you know, you've seen Remember the Titans, you've seen them all. Not entirely, (laughs) but if you feel that way, that's perfectly fine. Um, If you're someone like me who can enjoy stylistic differences, you know, different details and stories, 
then I feel like you can definitely enjoy good sports movies. I'm not saying that they're amazing or anything. Obviously, they all follow the same track and they all end in the same way. But you can make that argument about superhero movies or crime movies or whatever. You know, like stories that fit within a genre, they're all going to end in a similar fashion. So that's just my two cents on the restraint. (laughs) You guys have no idea how much restraint that took. Because of Uh, that, I'm not going to bring up my barbecue sauce. Yeah, don't do that. We're not going to go down that trail. Don't don't do that. Although I I have successfully found a barbecue sauce that my girlfriend enjoys. I need to find it outside of that one restaurant. But that is a very encouraging sign. Also, she likes Wingstop now. So, you know. She didn't like Wingstop before? She did not like Wingstop before. Well, okay, correction. She had Wingstop, I think, maybe one or two times before. Uh, what? Yeah, and like the whatever flavors she had, like she just didn't really enjoy those flavors. Uh, like she likes wings, she just didn't really like Wingstop and like Wingstop's flavors. But that has since uh, changed. So that's good. That's that's growth. You know. Yeah. That's that's proof. Yeah. We can all grow right as people. There. You know. Exactly. What I'm saying? And you know, we can become better. Seeing as how we can all grow, maybe your opinion on sports movies can grow to have a little bit more nuance. You know, instead of it just being black and white. But you know, that's just me. No, nah, I'm pretty hard set on that point there. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to change. <laughs> Oh, the obstinance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's so mind-boggling because I know you understand what I'm talking about because you are very very well-versed when it comes to, like, understanding film and, like, storytelling. (laughs) I think that's the reason why it gets on my nerves because I'm like, I know you understand what I'm saying, but you're just being different to be different. (laughs) Yeah, get hyped for Space Jam 2. Actually, I'm not hyped about that at all. Neither, not hyped bro. about that at all. They should have left that alone entirely. The jerseys look so bad. So bad. And LeBron, go sit down somewhere and get some Rogaine, bro. Or shave it all off. Oh, the disrespect. What do you mean the disrespect? His head the looks disrespect. like an hourglass. What are you talking about? Don't let dreams stay dreams. That man's trying. He's not trying at all. If he was trying, he would either have a full head of hair because Rogaine exists or he would go bald because you can okay. shave your hair. You ready? you ready for me to prove you wrong? This is okay. how you know he's trying. Mm-hmm. Every beginning of the season, that man's hairline is refreshed. Mm-hmm. How's he going to get that done in a bubble? Man, ro- Rogaine is a thing. Spray it on your head. You're good. It doesn't work. I don't think it works that quick. I mean, I think he's getting like it's not going to be you quick. can't get hair plugs in the bubble. You know what I'm saying? But you don't have to. He doesn't necessarily have to get it in the bubble. If he was really trying, he could have had it beforehand. This man was going bald three years ago. This he hasn't man, been tried this at all. Man, this man's hairline has Why made comebacks better than Michael Jordan, bro. Why I'm are we just saying about this. You know what I'm saying? It, it, There's multiple anything, ways a, to get a, a model. It's a model of inconsistency because like he maybe he should hit up Bomani. And maybe, maybe he starts off the season as like, you know, he has the pristine hair and, you know, the hairline's looking good. And then midway through the season, he looks like, you know, like when you take the wrapper off of of a Reese's and like the bottom was melted a little bit. So the chocolate stays and you just see like the the, the peanut butter in the center. Like that's what his head looks like (laughs) midway through the season. (laughs) I think like he just stopped caring when one of the hair plugs came out in like the middle of game one this year. (laughs) 
you know, when Anthony Davis pointed that out and was trying to be like real slick, but the camera saw him, I think he was just like, all right, you know, we'll try again next year. Bruh. He just you needs to saying? accept the fact that he's in the bald club. You know, all great players, man, they go bald at one point or another. He just needs to accept it. Yeah, man, I guess. I guess. <laughs> this know? was not at all what we were supposed to finish the episode with at all. Awkward transition. In other good news, <laughs> T-Mobile has announced a project called Project 10 Million. Yes. Because as you know, some kids don't have access to internet to do online schooling. And since that is more widespread these days, T-Mobile, no sponsorship, by the way. This is not a sponsor, I promise. Not a hashtag ad. Not a hashtag ad. I wish it was, though. That would be so nice. T-Mobile, please sponsor us. I'd love a month off of my phone bill. Um, the company has committed $10.7 billion to make sure that students can have access to internet at home. That is by giving free hotspots, um, some free data or data, however you want to say it. And, um, some discounts on additional data or data if needed. That's actually really huge, uh, of T-Mobile. Um, speaking as someone who is a current educator, um, Obviously, teaching online is already its own unique struggle, um, but having students who have inconsistent internet connections or students who have to bum Wi-Fi off of like a restaurant or something like that, um, it just makes it incredibly difficult uh, to actually assess them as students. Uh, so big ups to T-Mobile for doing that. Um, not something that they had to do at all by any means, um, but definitely something that somebody needed to do um so thank you to t-mobile uh coming from an educator i thoroughly appreciate the the effort uh and hopefully we see you know not necessarily with this particular topic but hopefully we see more actions of kindness being taken by those who can actually take them so yeah 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 that was that was real positive stuff yeah that was really good stuff really good stuff that was really good stuff um was there anything else we were talking about? I feel like the oh yeah, you wanted to talk about oh wait no, we already talked about that. Never mind. I right. don't know, man. I I need to sleep more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, other good news. So our podcast will soon be on Amazon's yeah. upcoming podcasting yes, platform. You know, yes, sir. That's I real guess growth. I should, uh, I should be a little bit more careful about how I talk about Jeff Bezos then. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. He's not listening to our podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. If Jeff Bezos listens to this podcast and he hasn't told at least one person about this, I'm low-key offended. You know, it, it may not be a great podcast, but it's at least got some potential. Jeff, help you us know, out, man. We're growing as a unit. We Come on, are, Mr. Worldwide Shipping. We need some help here. We're talking about issues and stuff, you know? <laughs> Important. We just argued about sports movies, issues. my man. Listen, man, all I'm saying is that we are, are two young African-American men, and we would not necessarily be bothered by you lifting our platform just a little bit. Just saying. Why are we talking yeah. to him? He's not listening to this podcast. We haven't even gotten on Amazon yet. Stop talking about that. True. Okay. Uh, well, I think another story that should really be brought up, and this can be real short because it's just really ridiculous, is that a educator who her whole professional career said she was black and Latina uh, wrote a Medium article saying that she was uh, the 
opposite, basically, and that yes. she was just white. I believe she says she was Jewish. No? Yep. Yes. I I think so, yeah. Yep. Another yeah. Rachel Dolagil type of situation Jeez. here. Which, which, by the this, way, that's a really fascinating Netflix watch if you watch that documentary. Uh, I have not watched that yet. But, that uh, is fascinating. But yeah. um, that's just... This this uh, this subject is something that I feel like we could definitely talk about, um, and like it was some pretty significant detail when it comes to like using this. As, well, yeah, and using this as as an example of how like colorism definitely plays a factor in terms of how you are treated in this country, because you have mm-hmm. a woman who wasn't even black but pretending to be black, but was light-skinned enough to be, like, in a pretty prominent position for a long time. Um, Whereas if you have someone who was equally as qualified, uh, but of a darker skin tone, nine times out of ten, they're not going to get the position that she had. So, yeah, there's just, there's a lot to unpack there. But Yeah, plus, you know, the whole, the last two cases of this happening, they've used it to get in places where they can largely influence large crowds of black people and, you know, be in position of power of black people. But, you know, it is what it is. Yes. That's a whole story. There's just, there's there's a whole trend in this country that's been happening for a long time of people who are not black being in positions of power over black people in a multitude of ways. Uh, and affecting the black community in a variety of ways without ever like extending some sort of hand to help out, to assist, to lift up, to encourage, to edify coming from them towards the black community just like never happens. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe next week we'll talk about that. <laughs> We're not supposed to say in episode negatively. We're not. <laughs> we, we, we have a pre recorded segment about Tenant. Oh, yeah. And Mulan. <laughs> Make sure you yeah. keep listening. If you're still here, keep listening, please. Keep listening. Yeah. Uh, speaking of movies, I freaking watched Tenet last night. Holy, bro, is that good? Holy mother of bleep, bro. It's a Christopher Nolan special. If you like Christopher Nolan style, you will like Tenet. Um, mm-hmm. It is deep and definitely complex. Uh, it's Ooh. beautifully shot. Um, it, the, the sound effects and the, the soundtrack and whatnot, like definitely play a role in the film. Um, Mm. you have to be paying attention from start to finish straight up. And once you're done, you and whoever you watch it with will want to talk about it for like 30 to 40 minutes afterwards. Um, did you see it in the theater? Yeah. How was that? It it was fine. Like me, Britt, Matt and Amanda went and like, we, uh, sat like, in the the third row so there was like no one around oh. us we were like nope no one's gonna be around us type of thing you um, sat towards the front Is your yeah. neck okay yeah yeah it was fine because <laughs> it's it's just like those seats where you can like recline or whatever oh, that's good yeah so it was no big deal um but obviously you have to like keep your mask on the whole time unless you're eating a snack or whatever um yeah the freaking whoever was responsible for the audio levels in the theater like was rusty or something because it was so effing loud holy crap but um, yeah yeah yeah. they need some they need some warm-up time yeah but the movie in and of itself was very good at first i thought i wasn't gonna like it because like it was pretty confusing pretty quick 
Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I was also really tired when we first started watching it. And then like, as I watched it, I got more into it and like more yeah. awake as I was watching it. So is it more of like a slow burn? So I know nothing about Tenet. I've just heard the name. I yeah. haven't heard what it's about. I haven't seen a preview or anything. Yeah. Is so that's it- kind of, that's kind of on, on purpose. Like even if you watch a trailer, you won't really know what it's fully about. Um, okay. it's, I don't really, how do I say this? It's like, it's, it's not, it's not time travel. It's like time manipulation. Um, and like, that's what the whole movie centers around is like this theoretical scientific principle of being able to manipulate time in a very specific way. Um, Mm. and as a result, like the story about this principle is told in a manner that feels like it's been affected by the principle, which once you watch it, you'll understand what I mean. But, Mm. um, it's definitely yeah, right now, I'm confused as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it's definitely very good. Um, but I like this type of movie. I like movies that make you think and that you know you want to talk about afterwards and like that don't give you every single answer. Like I mm-hmm. love movies like that, so it was definitely up my alley. So yeah, that's one I kind of want to watch. I've I've heard about it. I, like on the Dan Levitard show, obviously Mike talks about it all the time. Yeah, how he's been like waiting for it. Yeah, and how it's been pushed back, and I keep hearing the title, and so I've been intrigued enough to where I want to see it, mm-hmm. but I just have no idea what it's about. Yeah, it, it like I was in the same boat as you, and the reason I went is because if it felt like going to the movies proper, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't really know everything about the story going in. Um, I only heard you know this like little like little bits of information about it and it was a director that i really like and an actor who i have high hopes for um so like i went in like pretty much an open book uh and i really enjoyed it so yeah i think i'm gonna have to watch it i'm gonna have to watch it soon yeah did you see that there's a huge call for boycotting mulan on disney plus no word no not the animated one the new release one Mm mm-hmm because she, the actress who plays Mulan, like when all this Hong Kong stuff started, she said she was with the Hong Kong police. Oh, yikers. And everyone's like, yo, we can't. Yeah, no. We can't support this. No. Which I get 100%, and I have not bought the movie. And I had a real, it's not even a moral conundrum. It was just like a very selfish fight versus one of, yo, you really shouldn't be supporting those kind of statements, you know? Yeah. Because I really wanted the movie to do well so that they keep <laughs> releasing movies. In <laughs> That's totally fair, bro. <laughs> but at the same time... <laughs> Obviously, you can't co-sign no, those statements. Can't. You cannot. You cannot. You were in a conundrum, bro. <laughs> I was like, I was depending on this movie to set records. <laughs> so they gave me the option to watch stuff at my house. <laughs> All right. That's what we're ending the episode with. That's the funny bit we're ending the episode with. Yeah, 100%. I, like, I've never had such a, 
a tug of war in my spirit. <laughs> Where I'm like, obviously what's happening over there is wrong and needs to be addressed and stopped. But, but convenience. <laughs> oh, that's really good. I, I, I honestly never even thought about it. But I feel like if I had thought about it, I probably would have been in a similar type of boat, even though I freaking love going to the movie theaters. But yeah, yeah. I think like I think it's because for me, there's some movies where I'll absolutely feel like I have to see it in theaters. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's some movies that just aren't that just aren't worth it. That's fair. You know, yeah. like big superhero movies. Tenet is one I feel like I should see in theaters. Big superhero movies, stuff like that, I would go to the theaters for. Yeah. I, I, I'm i like, I'm in the, the group of people where it's like, I just enjoy the process of going to the movies. Like, even if it's not a movie that, like, I think is going to blow me away, I just have a lot of fun going to the movies. God, dude. Eh. Can we just, let's get another big movie to do an experiment on, huh? <laughs> Chilly, hmm? just go to the movies, man. Wear a mask. What about one more movie. experiment? No, 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 no. Just put the mask on. Go to the movies, all right? Just one more big movie experiment. Maybe Batman. Anyways, always remember that he's subtweets and I'm therapy. Follow us on social media. Uh, share this with everybody you know. Hit us Apple up on podcast, Instagram. Rate us five stars. Message let's, us on Instagram. Let's some some just topics say, hey. that you want to hear. Or just say, hey. Um, Yeah, we're nice sometimes. uh, I can't really get on Facebook right now, so you don't have to message us on Facebook. Uh, I will explain that at a later. No, interesting story, and this kind of has to do with the media. I got selected to be in a paid study to show how not being on Facebook affects your political reaction to the current environment we're on. Very interesting. All right, we'll talk about that. I won't be on Facebook for six weeks noise we'll talk about that next time around yeah thanks for listening everybody thanks for listening this was a train wreck of an episode <laughs> oh yeah yeah thanks for listening to sub tweets and train wrecks <laughs> train wrecks and subsequent therapy <laughs> <laughs> the no seatbelts podcast <laughs> no seatbelts <laughs> Oh my god, bro. This isn't a part of the episode, but like I saw this truck um, and it had a sticker on it that said, no airbags, we die like real men. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? I'm keeping that in. That's perfect, dude. Thank you for listening. <laughs> See you next week.